broader. Game. Inclusive. United. Real. Footy. Tackling. The issues. Behind the game. The broader. Game. Welcome back to the Broader Game. We are back, Alicia Newton and Katie Brown, to bring you all the news that sort of develops outside the game that you may not see on NRL.com. Uh, we sort of delve into the big issues and we've both had a great off-season. I managed to get a few more holidays than you. You had a few trips overseas. I, I think got... maybe, I, cause maybe I worked harder than you. I don't know. Well, yeah. Some of us had more Duh, days in lieu than others. Joking. I'm only joking. Um, how was your break? What stood out to you in the off-season? What caught my eye? Uh, plenty. There was... Uh, what have we got? We got the bushfires, obviously. Uh, over over the off season was tough, and and it's great that rugby league's got behind uh, behind it this weekend. And um, coronavirus, we've got to get into that. But, yeah, uh, that that's another one. And and I guess footy side of things, a few more injuries in the off season, and um, yeah. We'll get into the specifics for that. You're actually south when the bushfires were all happening um, and the droughts. So round one for the NRL is round one for all, which is a really nice NRL initiative. So um, trying to raise money for all those who have suffered. And it's been, you know what was beautiful to see how Australia and the world attracted attention and rallied together to raise money for those who had lost their lives or had lost um, lost loved ones and um, or you know their houses, their belongings, their livestock, anything. So that was pretty beautiful. You mentioned Corona. Uh, I feel like we almost have to date stamp this. It's pretty crazy. So this podcast is out on Friday, but right now, I mean, there's been over 100 confirmed cases in Australia. Uh, only three deaths at this stage, but the PM, so Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, will make the call as to when the NRL will cancel the public going to games. So it's actually out of the NRL's control to make that call. Right now, round one is going ahead, um, but they've put $2.4 billion, Alicia, into mm. keeping Australians healthy. Should we be worried about coronavirus? I think in the long run, yes. This weekend, no. I know you have a bit to say. You might have a bit to say about that. But uh, but no, I mean, we did just see the NBA, you know, suspend their season. So anything could happen. We, we literally don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, the next 48 hours. Things are going to just change, I think, as, as we go. So You talk that down? Like, I mean, the NBA. The NBA, if the NBA is doing it, then I feel like other sporting codes are going to follow suit, right? Well, they probably will react on that. But they had a player, um, Rudy Gobeck, contracted the virus, tested positive. 48 hours earlier, he actually was in a press conference <laughs> and you see him sort of mocking the fact about the uh, coronavirus, touching all of the reporters' microphones and then sort of making a... Um, I guess what is now not a very funny joke at all. The competition is sort of suspended indefinitely. They don't know when they'll get that up and running, but we won't talk about the NBA. Just uh, I hope everybody in Australia is safe and sound. And, um, you know, if you're being forced to go to work, make sure you put your hand up and say no and take care. Um, it's definitely uncharted waters, though. Like the NRL is, I'd, I'd imagine they're pretty worried about what's, what's ahead because you just don't know. And if yeah. one player gets it, you can think, you know, in the top 30 and 10 players are quarantined. How does a coach fix that? How do how do they get through the season? Is is it, are we going to play behind closed doors? Like, it's bizarre to think what could happen. Well, already they're suggesting that players need to take precautions, uh, not take public or fans fo- uh, photos and take their cameras, not uh, coming to interaction and touch them. 
Yeah. So like it, it's areas. getting there, and for something to be eliminated from such a from the world, you have to take these precautions, I guess. But we're here to talk about rugby league, and the other big topic that happened in the off season was actually a lot of injuries. Most recently, it was Jack Bird only days ago went down with a second uh, ACL rupture, which is so heartbreaking. But we sort of tallied them up, Alicia. Mm. Matt Lodge, um, he was partial. Uh, Billy Smith from the Roosters. Ryan James, the same leg. And he, that honestly, rough. that's rough. Uh, they're all rough. Bunty Afoa, Jackson Fry, and the man we talk to next, Cameron King. So he has done his other uh, ACL. He already suffered once before. It's just shocking, isn't it? Injuries can be cruel. I mean, you know, I've never played elite sport that far to, to cop it, something like that, but th- that it's it's an injury that everyone dreads and, and then those three letters, you know, put, puts them out for six to nine months and I'd imagine the mental scarring behind it is just, I mean, Cam, Cam spoke, you know, wonderfully and, yeah, I just... I don't know how they do it as athletes. Yeah. Well, you talk past tense with Cam King because we had to get him before he went into surgery. We can confirm he's out of surgery, but he's still a little, uh, I guess, recovering with the hospital drugs and whatnot. So we caught up with him before he went in and uh, let's introduce him. I mean, he's played at three different NRL clubs, 43 NRL games over coming into his eighth season, only 43 because of his run of injuries. But top bloke, let's check it out. Cameron King, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, the obvious question, I know you're probably not feeling okay, but how are you doing mentally? I'm um, okay. It's been tough uh, the last couple of weeks just waiting for surgery. So it's sort of been hard to move on and, and put it to bed, but um, I've had some great people around me and um, still been going to training and, and things like that. It's not painful at the moment and I've got all the swelling down so I'm ready for surgery now and, and then I'll be ready to move on and, and get started with the process of recovery. You go into surgery tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, today is Tuesday. We are recording this one just before he goes in and, mm. and gets his ACL all fixed up. But Cam, take us back to that trial in PNG. Uh, you remember it pretty clearly. Yeah, it was... Um you know, we, we were playing really good. We had a really young squad over there and uh, we've been over there since Thursday and had a really good trip. Um, you know, the game was going really well. Uh, I think we were up at half-time. Um, and then, yeah, just 10 minutes in the second half, uh, got a quick play of the ball, just did a routine sort of dummy half-scoot and went to step someone and um, obviously the knee just buckled. And uh, Look, I, I knew straight away. Uh, obviously, I'd done the other one when I was at the Cowboys and... Uh, it's pretty obvious the pain uh, that that you get straight away, and uh, I think that was what was most disappointing, uh, just because I knew straight away, and um, everything starts flooding back about how hard the process is going to be and things like that. So, um, but I had some good people around me over there, and and the club's been really supportive so far. So uh, I'm looking forward to you know still being around the club this year and getting stuck into my rehab. Talking to a few other players in the past that have done theirs for a second time, they seem to be a bit better at, at coming back from it, or yeah, at least you know what you're in for type thing. Is it is it pretty hard though to, to I guess come back from previous injuries? Yeah, it is. It's um it's definitely the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life, uh, both physically and mentally, coming back from an ACL reconstruction. Um, you know, you're stuck in bed for a week. Uh, you got to learn how to walk again, learn how to do squats again, learn how to run again, and and ultimately learn how to train your mind to be confident. Um, when you get back to full training, it is a little bit scary the first mm-hmm. the first couple of times. Uh, but once you sort of get back into it, uh, you get that confidence back and 
you just sort of got to move on and, and forget about it. I remember uh, when you did your ACL with the Cowboys, but you mentioned uh, being scared to get back into full training. How do you overcome that mentally? Um, and do you think that because you've already done it once, you know how to prepare yourself or is it just as bad? Oh, uh, I think I'm l- not lucky, but I think I know what's ahead of me, um, both physically and mentally. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about having the right people around you as well, um, family and friends and, um, you know, the right staff. We've got some great performance staff at the Sharks who I'm sure will, will be able to get me through it. Um, and you know that you've done the work. You know, you, you do that work for six or seven months before you start running. So you're confident and... It's a slow process. Uh, I understand that, but um, you know you just got to tick off little little hurdles along the way. And if you can do that and look back, and you should be able to feel confident and and um, know that everything's going to be all right. Have you spoken to the club about your future? Have you spoken to your coach John Morris at all? Uh, no, nah, not really. Uh, like everyone's been supportive and um, been able to chat to everyone, but um, in terms of you know footy or anything, I haven't really gone there um it's more just get the surgery out of the way and and start the recovery and um you know i'm confident that uh of the person that i am to work really hard and um if another opportunity comes up um you know i'll definitely you know look to do a little bit better than this time is that the toughest thing though to cop is the fact that you know it was a bit of a homecoming for you and you've you know your mum's at the club is the welfare um officer there and yeah is that is that the hardest thing to cop i suppose yeah i think the hardest thing was just um you know, when I left to go overseas, you know, I didn't think I'd get another crack and, and I ended up getting another crack and I was ready to make the most of it. Um, you know, I understood that I wasn't going to be first choice at the Sharks, but I was really grateful for the opportunity and I uh, worked really hard in the pre-season to get my body back to where it needed to be to, to play at an NRL level. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm twenty turning 29 this year, so it's a bit different. Last time I did it, I was 23, so... Obviously, all that starts running through your mind, and I'm a little bit older now, but I'm still confident that I've got the drive to, to keep going and, and work hard to get back. You said you went overseas. Now, we've got to talk about this. You're very active on Twitter, and I've just got your tweet here from 2018. Cameron King, hooker, 90 kilos, all-round good guy, enjoys hard work and winning, looking for a club. Please retweet to raise awareness. Cheers. And the <laughs> boy emoji, up? thumbs up. <laughs> now, I remember retweeting that uh, for you as well, but you got a deal and you went overseas and you played for Thurston Rovers. Tell us a bit about that and how that whole idea even eventuated. Um, honestly, it was just... It was more of a frustration and, and boredom thing. Um, I'd been training by myself and was hoping to already have a club by then. I think that was maybe mid-November or something and uh, I was getting frustrated because teams was training and I was watching teams train and I was training by myself. And um, You know, I was yeah just at home one day and I thought, I'm just going to try something different. I don't even know. I, I didn't see it anywhere. I just popped in my head and thought I'd try something different. Uh, I went to the gym, came back home, looked at my phone and my phone was blowing up. Uh, from some media and some radio and uh, people all around the world had retweeted it and commented and uh, yeah it just it just blew up it was crazy um, I spoke to you know a few media the next couple of days and I was trying to sort of just downplay it because it was sort of it took off more than I would have liked so um, but you know it was good I had really good response and um, had some offers from you know country teams and New South Wales Cup teams um, there's a team called Red Star Belgrade in Serbia uh, they were asking if I'd go over there and sort of help cool. teach them rugby league as well. So, um, Why don't you take that one up? Yeah, I thought about it. And then I realised it's 
freezing over there. I looked at the weather, <laughs> it was snowing. And, uh, but yeah, and then um, obviously some interest came from overseas and at, at the start I wasn't going to go overseas. I thought if I was going to play reserve grade, I'd stay in New South Wales or um, in Australia anyway. Um, then as I thought about it, I just thought, you know, why not? Try something different, different country. Um, and I knew the coach that was going to head over there as well. So that made the transition uh, a little bit easier too. Yeah, that's, it was such a, a cool thing to see, an NRL player. Like, that's very and rare. And not many NRL players use Twitter anymore, mind you. They're all on Instagram and yeah. that Twitter's a pretty fierce place, like, yeah. as you'd probably know. Yeah, <laughs> and hashtag Ask Kingy. You're very active with yeah. that. I yeah. love it. No, I like it. I like it. It's good. It's um, it's a good way to interact with the fans as well. Like I've always been open and honest with fans and, um, you know, people seem to like me and, uh, I mean, I'm happy to sort of, open up you know I've got no secrets you know I've got no walls or anything and I'm happy to give people an insight into what it's like. I think they really appreciate it too. Mm. Um, I will just go back a little you debuted in 2010 for the Dragons then you went to uh, North Queensland then you went to the Eels then you went overseas then you came back uh, with the Sharks. For you growing up you were the next big thing um, mentally how do you think you deal dealt with that pressure was it hard? Um, I don't think it was ever hard because I never sort of got to the stage where pressure became too much for me because every time I was sort of right on the brink of it, um, an injury would happen. So it was more just... Um, was you know, that frustrating though? Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was, um, you know, I was really sick of being the kid with potential who just sort of couldn't get his body right sort of thing. And, um, you know, a lot of it was out of my control, you know, shoulder reconstructions and things like that. It wasn't... Uh, little niggling ones where I wasn't looking after my body right and things like that. So I guess that was most frustrating was, you know, when the opportunity was there for me to to take, uh, I just wasn't able to take it um, due to injury and, and things like that. You play plenty of schoolboys too, like with, with Josh Jackson, Jared Beal, like guys like that, like coming through the, the grades, you were well in amongst it as well. Yeah, I had, um, so my last year of school, 2009, uh, I had a really good year. Like I, I probably played 50 games of, footy that year with under 20s um school footy rep footy everything and i barely got a scratch um captain new south wales captain australian school boys um i had some really good players there with me as well and um and then yeah after that sort of 2010 was i did my shoulder in the first trial and then that was sort of the start of of the injury run Mm. but that what have you learned if there's one thing that keeps you sane is there a saying or somebody that you listen to what what keeps you going um it's not one particular thing i think it's just um you know it's just who i am as a, as a person um, i mean i guess that's the way my, my parents raised me and it's something i've picked up over time um i picked up a lot of stuff when i went to endeavor sports high school so i moved to sydney when i was 14 or 15 um, and that was a great school for, for young men who were sort of playing footy but had to keep on the straight and narrow as well. And we had some really good teachers and, and footy coaches there as well who um, probably instilled some leadership qualities in me and um, qualities that I still take with me today. So, uh, yeah, it's just who I am as a person. Um, I'll always give my best effort whatever I do and I sort of refuse to give up and um, I won't let anything sort of beat me. Well, I think we all really appreciate and love that about you, Cam. And also, there's a really good distraction coming next month. Congratulations. You and Christy are expecting a little baby girl. Thank you. Yeah, a little baby girl. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's uh, a little surprise that we brought back 
from England. Um, <laughs> Great surprise. Yeah, well so we, we, we surprised the family um, when we came back. Um, and that was obviously exciting news because we kept it from them uh, for the first couple of months overseas. And that was really hard. But, um, yeah, it's it's a really good distraction, I guess, like you said. It's... Um, if I can take a positive out of, you know, this whole process and this injury, it's, it's um, you know, that I'm going to have a little daughter and really looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, mm. I think it'll be super exciting. We cannot wait to see that all over Instagram, all over social yeah, media, I know. cheering I, for dad. I don't want to be one of those people who just heaps of baby spam, but I feel like I'm going to be. So. You know what? That's Hashtag cool. Because I'm going to be, yeah. Girl I'm not going to be, yeah. I'm not going to be training at footy. I won't have footy pitches to put up. So it's all going to be baby this year. You're going to be talking another language. It's a real thing. They yeah. say that you just start talking like a child, but that's all right. Yeah, well, I'm going to be home a lot, so I'll probably pick up on all the baby lingo. <laughs> <laughs> we might not have you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, get me on a different one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to get you to bring her in. But um, thanks so much. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, we expect to see a little uh, photo or something on Thursday when this yeah. podcast goes out of uh, yeah. you feeling awesome. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hopefully I'm awake. <laughs> yeah, no, we hope to see you out there real soon and with the drive and I guess our character that you have we have no doubt that if anyone's going to do it, you are. So yeah. thanks for coming on the Broader Game, mate. That's it. Thanks so much for having thanks, me. Thanks, Cam. Thank Appreciate you. It. Cameron King, such a legend. So lovely to come in and spend that time with us. Do you know what I find? Just it's there's, there's rugby league gods, but then there's not because you see these players come through the grades and some of them, like Cameron Smith, you know, not one touch wood, not one major injury in his whole career. And then you get other guys who who were out for months on end. Like mm. it, it just proves that, that no one's, I guess, safe. Or bulletproof. Yeah, the world's unfair. And also Cameron King does so much for the community. Um, you know, state of mind, voice against violence. He's always lending a helping hand. So speedy recovery for the hooker and who knows what 2021 holds for him. But I guess there's the silver lining that he welcomes a little baby yeah. girl and that will keep him distracted, as you mentioned. But let's move on. It is now time for On This Day. Drum roll. Ooh, now <laughs> we've had six months to figure this one out. so It better be a good one. Yeah, it's actually not bad. I like it. Uh, so Sydney Roos's coach back then, so we're going back 15 years, uh, Ricky Stewart calls for a best of three grand final series in his Sunday Telegraph column. Uh, I wonder if he still feels the same way. <laughs> Do you know what? If last year's anything to go by, I would say possibly. Well, he has spoken about the grand final loss already and how he hasn't watched it and just the pain. You could see the pain coming out of him. Mm. Would the Roosters have beaten them in a three-game three, three game series, do you think? <sighs> it's I'm torn. Because the trouble with last year is what Trent Robinson and the Roosters did was so spectacular. You have to give credit where credit is due. But everybody, okay, let's not say everybody, maybe (laughs) 95.5% wanted to see the Raiders win and they played outstanding footy, but I'm not sure if it was just human error. (laughs) You know, you can't bring it down to just that one play. Uh, or can you? Well, we see it in other sports too, right? That yeah. you have five-game series in basketball. You've got um, test match series in cricket. Could we have an NRL series of grand finals? I don't know. Gosh, you like to throw a spanner in the works, don't you? Well, Ricky Ricky Stewart clearly Do does like as well. you like it or not? No. No. You play 25 rounds to decide that. 
But if and they then, cut it, if they cut it down to twenty two rounds or sixteen rounds and played each other once. No, and I've said this before, I'd just like all NRL teams to play each other once and then make it more like that NFL really condensed, shorter season. Because then I I think maybe you could get more crowd numbers to games because there's only that one chance there's no second chance to go watch your team play and then you have a bigger break for rep footy because if you're a player like Cameron Smith in his heyday not to say he's not still but he hasn't he's not playing rep footy anymore he's not playing from March to October he is playing from February to January with all the rep footy that's involved yeah but imagine them then going back to Canberra down one nil in a series uh, on the back of what happened with six again. Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> it would be an unreal dream. Yeah. There's pros and cons. What would you do? Do you want a three? Would you oh, have I mean, a three? why not? Change it up? No. No. Nah. I'm, I'm a no. Well, you know what we should do? We should put it to a poll. Let's put it to a poll on our Instagram at The Broader Game and see the thoughts on that. See how many votes we get. Are you going to say you're saying even yes? ask Ricky. If I see him next time, I'll, I'll ask him if he remembers. Well, do you know, saying it. Yeah. He probably just, he probably forgot. And if, if we were really, really good journalists, we would have had that at the grand final and been ready to ask him at the press conference. Yeah, while he's down and out. But we're just really good journalists. <laughs> I like that one. Good work, Alicia. Thanks. Nice start. Okay, well, if you want to have your say, you could slide into our DMs at The Broader Game on Instagram or you could just listen next week and we can go through a few more. Uh, this year we are doing every fortnight for the rest of 2020. Thanks for tuning in. We will be on NRL Podcast. Like and subscribe. Until next time, bye. Bye.